This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, as we know, tomorrow there is going to be a meeting. John Horgan, the Premier of B.C., Rachel Notley, the Premier of Alberta, and the Prime Minister all sitting down to talk about the pipeline standoff that is taking place. And Tristan Hopper, who is a columnist with the National Post, has written about the last time we saw a new Democrat Premier in B.C. challenge federal authority. And he joins us on the line now. Tristan, great to have you back on the show. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Uh, there are a lot of politicians' names in your piece that I have not heard or uh, thought of in many, many years. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the hardest thing, uh, of course, the, the, the central character is uh, BC Premier Glenn Clark. The hardest thing uh, was finding a sane-looking photo of Glenn Clark. <laughs> in the last couple of years, I think photo archives, we just used bug-eyed, crazy-looking photos of him. So I was able to find one, and that's the feature image. <laughs> and even there, he kind of looks like he's about to make a rude gesture, but uh, it goes yeah, well. It was, uh, it, was, it was a rough last couple of years. <laughs> it goes well with the article, though, and I think we tend to forget that he did stand up and challenge federal authority when it came to the testing at Nanus Bay. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very similar uh, to what's happening now. I think a, a bit smaller scale, uh, but uh, basically, uh, you had uh, Glenn Clark was taking. Uh, this was a dispute with the Americans, so uh, you had dwindling salmon stocks in the 1990s, and uh, what's been called the, the the salmon wars. And what Glenn Clark was doing at the time, the BC Premier, uh, was he was uh, basically blaming the Americans for catching too much fish, and particularly Alaskans, and he was also blaming Ottawa for not taking the boots to Alaska uh, hard enough. So as a way of putting pressure on both Ottawa uh, and Alaska, there's a, a torpedo testing range uh, in B.C., and it happens to be uh, provincial property. Uh, so he just canceled the lease on it and said, uh, well, we're going to shut down this torpedo testing range. And the Americans use this testing range a lot, and there's over $100 million worth of equipment there. Uh, so this freaked out Ottawa because they said, well, this is a pretty important range to the Americans. And if this is successfully shut down, uh, the Americans are going to hit us with a bunch of sanctions or, or whatever. Uh, so this is something we have to deal with. And you talk about uh, the fact that he got a bit of a slap down for doing that. It wasn't as simple as standing up for his province and saying, I'm going to do this and challenging federal authority in that case. Oh, yeah, this was pretty this was an extremely rogue thing to do. He was he was quite a thorn in the side of Ottawa because Otto was trying to figure out this salmon thing. And then the fisheries minister at the time, who was a British Columbian, David Anderson, he said, uh, actually, one of the hardest things is, you know, our jerk premier in B.C., uh, because we're trying to negotiate with the, Amer- the Americans. One of the most egregious uh, acts that he did at the time was um, uh, there was a, a, an illegal protest. Uh, an Alaskan state ferry was leaving Prince Rupert, and a bunch of B.C. fishermen blockaded it, uh, so formed a line with their fishing boats um, f- so that the ferry couldn't leave Prince Rupert and then stayed there for three days. So you can imagine anybody taking this ferry uh, was just sort of stuck in Prince Rupert for three days. This is a major international incident and obviously very, very illegal. Um, but at the time, uh, B.C. Premier Glenn Clark said all the B.C. fishermen uh, holding this ferry in Prince Rupert, they were heroes and he would have been on the ships. Uh, so essentially, you've got Ottawa trying to renegotiate a salmon treaty while the premier in B.C. is enraging the Americans by endorsing illegal activity. Uh, and in the end, as you've written as well, and to, to recap, but in the end, the federal government uh, took over and, and said, uh, this isn't your place. So we're doing this. So move aside. Yes, extremely brought the hammer down. So that's why I wrote about this is because you're seeing now, like, what are the feds going to do about B.C. doing 
uh, an act that is likely unconstitutional about blocking this new pipeline. And then uh, if you had asked Jean Chrétien, his answer would have been, uh, I would do the, the most extreme thing ever to stop it. So the, 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 the reaction from Ottawa was uh, quite extreme, to the point where uh, you had conservatives at the time saying they went a bit too far uh, in disciplining B.C. So what happened is, so um, B.C. is trying to sh- cancel the lease on this, uh, this torpedo testing range, and then Ottawa negotiates with them for a while, saying, okay, well, we can't do that, so let's, let's figure out some sort of arrangement. And then at the last minute, BC says, okay, you can keep the missile, sorry, the torpedo testing range open, but you're not allowed to have any nuclear material uh, in BC waters. So if the U.S. Navy comes into BC waters, they can't have any nuclear-powered submarines or nuclear weapons. Uh, so this was just some, some crazy thing thrown in at the last minute. And that's when Ottawa threw up their hands and said, you know what, screw it, we're expropriating the whole thing. And this was the first time in Canadian history that the federal government had expropriated land uh, from the province. So at the time, that kind of freaked people out because it was sort of, uh, it was seen as an overreach of federal authority. So you even had conservative voices in Ottawa saying, oh, this is a bad precedent to, to see basically an enraged Ottawa uh, just taking the boots to a province so thoroughly. Uh, which we could see technically in the battle we have going today. I think it's doubtful because Trudeau is in a very difficult place. He seems to be in a no-win position. Rachel Notley looks like the absolute hero fighting for her province. And John Horrigan, I don't think, has the backing of the majority of British Columbians. So it's a bit of a mess. Well, yeah. Well, the pipeline is already under federal authority. So it's not like Justin Trudeau can, you know, sort of expropriate anything. He already has control over this pipeline. So it's a sticky situation for him because at this point, if BC doesn't back down, really the only options he has is to do a bunch of petty things to pressure the province. Uh, so, you know, shut down infrastructure funding, you know, put a hiring freeze on, on federal buildings in BC. Uh, you know, all, all of those unpleasant federal type things uh, to, to make your presence felt. Uh, so you potentially, uh, if Jean Chrétien was sitting in his seat and he was, you know, pissed off enough, uh, he would have no hesitation to do those. So at the time in the 1990s, uh, the reason uh, the feds reacted so much is because they were worried about their international commitments. I mean, you don't want to uh, enrage the U.S. military. Uh, so that's why they sort of lashed out at B.C. And the similar, a similar thing is potentially at stake with the pipeline. Uh, if it doesn't go through, uh, there's discussions on whether Kinder Morgan can sue the federal government through NAFTA uh, to get its, uh, you know, several billion dollars back. Uh, but we also have a prime minister who said it will go through. And I think one of those tools that you mentioned as well, I mean, we have a very spend-happy government in B.C. right now. If the federal government starts start, starts pulling back on transfer payments, that throws their budget into turmoil. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be really hard to shut down one of the main ones, like the Canadian health transfer, the Canadian social transfer. But there's a whole bunch of ways uh, that you can just cut off uh, little bits of provincial funding. And this is an earlier story I wrote last week on you know, what a federal government could actually do to exert pressure uh, on B.C. And the main reason I, uh, the, the main sort of tactic I came up with is they just shut off a bunch of little bits of federal funding here and there. So like a naval contract comes up, and that goes to Halifax instead of Victoria, and you explicitly tell the B.C. Premier that this is punishment for for the pipeline. Or or infrastructure funding is a big one. Just earlier uh, last month, uh, $4.1 billion in infrastructure funding was uh, announced for B.C. So you just shut that down. And so you just get uh, get a bunch of lackeys in the government room in Ottawa and, you know, switch on the lights and say you don't leave the room until you've got a bunch of petty ways 
to screw with BC, and then we'll you know we'll talk. <laughs> exactly, Tristan. Always good to have you on the show. We'll have to leave it there, but thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app. Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.